everybody. Praise the Lord. If you're ready for the word, um, I want to bring my 12th message on the kingdom of God this morning. And I want to talk to you about ambassadors, the ambassadors of Christ, the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is probably familiar to a lot of you. Paul talks about us as being the ambassadors of Christ, and he says this. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We plead with you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We plead with you as the ambassadors of Christ, God speaking through us, be reconciled to God. Now, first of all, I want to tell you this morning that an ambassador, an ambassador in the kingdom of God, just like an ambassador anywhere else, is not a religious, but a governmental appointment. As ambassadors of Christ, we're not representing ourselves or our own personal relationship with the Lord. We represent the government of his kingdom. And in order to fulfill your assignment, you need to understand what your assignment is. So what I'd like to do this morning is just briefly take three points about what is your assignment as an ambassador of Christ. And uh, hopefully, by the time you leave this morning, you'll have a clear, not only a clear understanding about what the kingdom of God expects of you as its representative here upon the earth, but also you'll be encouraged about your position and the support that God gives us and the authority that he covers us with to fulfill this assignment. So understanding your assignment, number one, the first thing that I want to share with you today is that you represent a government, not a religion. Amen. You represent a government. In Isaiah chapter 9, God said, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall accomplish this. You know, Christians are constantly up at the altar praying and asking God, Lord, pour out your spirit. They want to see the zeal of God. They, they want that fire burning on the inside. And how many of you, you can go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you at some time, maybe in the past, just this year in 2020, have prayed, Lord, I want more of your fire burning in my life. I want that zeal moving on the inside of me. In one way or another, we've made that request. But God said in Isaiah that if you get dialed into the government of God, Lord will get zealous. God gets zealous about his government. The government shall be on Jesus' shoulders. Of the end of his government and of his advancement, there is no end, and the zeal of the Lord shall accomplish it. So, you represent a government. You don't represent a religion. When Jesus Christ came in the world, he did not bring a religion. He brought a government. Jesus was announced at his birth as a king. He was tried before Pilate as a king, and he will return to earth to take possession of the nations of the earth as the eternal king of glory. And as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, you are bringing people the most important message that has ever been delivered to mankind because it explains to people where they've come from. It explains to people why they exist, and it restores them to God and to the authority of his kingdom where God has designed all of us 
to find ourselves and our significance and to live out whatever occupation or whatever way we are called upon to bring glory to him. It brings us back to that place under his authority in communion with him where that power flows through our life to do the things that the Lord's put before us to do. So we are not preaching a religion. You don't represent a religion. You represent a government, the government of the kingdom of God. That's the first thing that you need to understand. And the second thing kind of follows on. And the second thing is that you must change your mind with kingdom thinking. You need to change your mind about your own life as a Christian, what it means to be a Christian. What does it mean to get saved? Now that I'm saved, what does that make me? And Jesus' wish and desires that each and every one becomes an ambassador of Christ. As a matter of fact, every Christian is called to be an ambassador of Christ. Um, you've heard it said many times, taken from the scriptures, many are called, but few are chosen. And the reason few were chosen is not because God is arbitrary, but because few choose the purpose for which God has chosen them. The reason few were chosen is because many Christians want to be a Christian, but they don't necessarily want to be an ambassador of the kingdom of God. There's something to that role as, um, as a living embassy, if you will, and a representative. So you need to change your mind if you're going to be an ambassador of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, or the Bible says about Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, from that time forward, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. Everyone say repent. Repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now when we hear that word repent, we immediately hear it with religious tonality. And we think of a, making a moral turnaround. But actually, the word repent literally means to change your mind. You're not going to change your direction in life. By the way, if you don't like what's coming at you in life, choose a different path. Because everything in life comes down some path. And when we put our foot to a path and we follow that path, what is on that path is what's going to come to you. And so if you want to change in life, you need to change your path. But you can't change your path without changing your mind. And we need to change our thinking about the kingdom of God. And so Jesus prefaced his announcement, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is among you by saying, repent. Let's put it in specific terms. Jesus said, change your mind because I'm bringing you the kingdom of God. You need a change of mind to understand the kingdom of God of God. So, let me tell you why that's particularly important for we that are in the West and we that live in the Republic of the United States of America. It's because people who live in a, some form of a democracy have trouble with kingdom authority. We have trouble with the concept of kingdom authority because we think democratic and the kingdom of God is not democratic. When we find the demands of Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. If anyone wants to enter the kingdom, this is what they must do. When we find the demands of Christ to be difficult, our tendency based on our orientation in a democracy is that we want to submit those demands to some kind of a voting process 
or we want to uh, process, process them through a committee so that uh, they, can be, um, they can be moderated and adapted to, to fit the culture that's around us. And so that, that's our tendency. And, and because of it, we have difficulty with the kingdom concept and with kingdom authority. And so just a few facts about the kingdom of God. If, if you're wanting to be an ambassador of Christ, the kingdom of God is a domain. It's not a democracy. Its constitution is the word of God. Amen. That's the constitution. Is the New Testament founded on the basic prophetic principles of the Old Testament, but the fulfillment of, the, of that is the gospel of Jesus Christ and defined by the epistles. So the constitution of that domain is the word of God. And God's word is eternally settled. Psalm 119 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That means no one on earth can change it. No event on earth can alter it. No collection of people that are fed up with the word of God on a particular point can protest enough to cause heaven to change what God has said in his word. In fact, the word of God being settled in heaven offers a rock-solid foundation for any individual, family, community, city, state, nation, or empire to found itself and to found its government so that it is immovable in the times of stress and in the storms of life. So the, the constitution of the kingdom of God, of which you and I desire to be ambassadors, that constitution is fixed. It is not changeable. You can obey it. We all have a choice. You can rebel against it, but you can never change it. Ambassadors of the kingdom of God, by the way, have the same mindset that our forerunner, that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had. We arm ourselves with the same outlook and the mindset that Jesus did. Jesus' mindset was described in John chapter 5 when it says, Jesus spoke and said, I can do nothing on my own initiative, but as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. That statement, and that statement in various ways has been repeated throughout the Gospels. Jesus said the same thing uh, a lot of different ways, a lot of different times. This is just one of the most simple and direct ways of saying it. Jesus said, my judgment is just. Everything I ever said, everything I ever did, everything you see me do, every miracle, every confrontation, every statement that I make is just. It is just before God. It is upright. There's no fault in it. It can't be undermined. You can disagree with it. You can fight against it. But it is morally perfect. It's like that old story that uh, the greatest literary minds of all history could get together. You could grab the philosopher's of ancient Greece, you can combine them with William Shakespeare. You can get the great thinkers of the Enlightenment. You can get great Christian writers together or the great authors and biographers and fiction writers and have them try to develop the perfect character and then create a book around them, a story they could not create 
the Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is flawless. He is perfect because flawed people, no matter how talented, are going to script and write into their character their flaws because it is the way that we are. But Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. He is perfect. And so Jesus said this about his perfect statements. He said, everything that I have said is just. Now let me tell you the reason why it's just. He explained himself. He said, it's just. My judgments are just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. That's the mindset of an ambassador. If you want to be an ambassador of Christ, you need to have the attitude and the mind and the view of yourself as Jesus did. I do not speak publicly. I do not conversate. I don't make my opinions known. I make the opinions of the state known. I make the opinions of the government of God known. I am the perfect ambassador of the kingdom of God. The king was also apparently the secretary of state and in, in the kingdom of God. He's a lot of things, wears a lot of hats. As the ambassador of Christ's kingdom, you are appointed to that embassy. You are appointed as an ambassador, as an embassy, uh, an emissary of the kingdom of God by God. You're not voted on by people. People don't vote ambassadors in. The king chooses ambassadors. So nobody can vote you out. And if you should goof up or make a mistake, only the king can withdraw you. Only the king can call you out of your office. And he's not likely to do that because he is able to work with you. He's able to work through you. He's able to take humble vessels of clay and fill them with the glory of his power because it's not about the vessel, but it's about the glory that we bear. So an exciting life can be yours. Uh, Another thing about the ambassadors of Christ is that you are appointed by him, as I said, not voted in by the people. So you represent his government. Now listen to this. Not your relationship with it. An ambassador is not on foreign soil preaching their own relationship with their own country. They are preaching the wishes and the will of the head of state that they represent. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you and I are sharing the kingdom of God with the world, you can share your testimony. You can tell them about what God has done in your life. But the authority you have is not based on your relationship with Jesus. It's based on his calling you and the truth of his word. So ambassadors can wake up one morning and not feel particularly authoritative. But if they have an appointment to make that day, and if there's an order that they have to give or a statement that they have to make, they make that statement with the authority they represent, not with the enthusiasm or the emotional content of their, of their mindset that day. You understand, this is a governmental position and you walk in an authoritative mindset. And I guess probably in, in uh, uh, just trailing off of that idea is the fact that you are empowered by heaven. You are empowered when your voice is expressing his policies. But when it's your own opinion, that power gets shut off. God does not empower our opinions, but he will empower the gospel of the kingdom. You know, remember our, our scripture in 2 Corinthians that I shared with you. 
We are ambassadors for Christ as though God making his appeal through us. We plead with you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the message of every ambassador of Christ. In one form or another, it always boils down to your relationship to my King and Lord. That's what I'm here to represent to you. So Christians who don't adopt an ambassadorial mindset, they allow themselves and they allow their authority to be subverted by the culture that they live in, which is, which is bad for any ambassador serving a state. Now, the, look, the world is full of run-of-the-mill Christians whose, who, who, whose publicly expressed opinions are all over the map. All you have to do is get on Facebook. And there's some Christian giving their opinion, their commentary on things. And it, it might be right, it might be wrong, and it's often taken in the perspective of who's reading and who's looking at it. But as I said before, those have no power. Heaven doesn't back that up. So we have plenty of Christians running around voicing their opinions on things, their mindsets. And those opinions are all over the place. Imagine how confused the world must be about the message of the gospel of Christ when you've got some Christians saying, taking a pro-choice position and saying, we believe in a woman's right to decide to bring forth a child after becoming pregnancy. And then you've got Christians on the other side saying, it's not a woman's right, it's a mother's responsibility. Those are two different things. The body in you has its own rights and you don't have a right to end it. And making that argument. And then the world must look at that and think, well, where is the, where is the truth? Where, where, are, where is the body of Christ? See, there's ambassadorial confusion. I think I just coined a, a, a new condition, but it's out there. And so the world is full of Christians with these opinions, and they're all over the place. But it's because, it's because they do not practice an ambassadorial allegiance to the kingdom of God. If they did, they wouldn't be on Facebook saying the nonsense that they speak in the name of their church or in the name of Jesus Christ ultimately representing his kingdom. And so what the world has come to view as the authority of the church is just a bunch of Christians with their opinions. We need ambassadors. Many are called and they're all running around doing what they think they're called to do. But the ones who choose their calling to live and act as an ambassador of Christ, have a backbone, not a wishbone. And they set aside their own thinking to speak what God's word says and to take that position. And they're accountable to it. And you can see that we need it today. You know, the reason why Christians who... break, who fail their ambassadorial assignment to represent the kingdom of God, the reason that they modify moral and social laws that God has given us that are clear in his word, is they do it to fit the popular trends of the culture around them. And the reason they do it is because 
of their misguided mission to reconcile God with the world rather than plead with the world to be reconciled to God. And that is at the heart of every Christian who commits treason against the kingdom of God and forsakes their ambassadorial assignment. They do it because they see themselves and their role as a Christian is to try to make God look good to the world rather than plead with the world to come to Jesus. And in John's gospel, Jesus is crucified and he rises from the dead. And afterwards, he, he enters the house where the believers are gathered, comes right through the wall. And he appears to them in the room and he speaks to them and he says this to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know what we think the Holy Spirit's purpose is or the purpose for which the Holy Spirit has been given to the church. But I assure you that the real and true purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is the ambassadorial assignment of Christians. We are anointed with the Spirit because Jesus has passed on to us his ambassadorial calling, its authority, and the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill it. Now, if the church wants to see a real revival, then my advice is get in alignment with the kingdom of God. Realign your thinking. Realign yourself with the demands of the kingdom of God and take seriously your assignment as an ambassador of Christ and live as the ambassador of Christ because Jesus said, I am sending you just as the Father sent me. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, he passed his ambassadorial authority in calling on to you. Brings me to my final point. The third thing I want to talk to you about in terms of um, uh, successfully fulfilling your assignment as an ambassador of Christ is that ambassadors prevail with kingdom purpose. Ambassadors prevail when their lives are being fueled and driven by the purpose of the kingdom. Proverbs 19.21, another scripture that might be um, familiar to you, says, There are many plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevails. Let me say that again. There are many plans in people's hearts, but it is the purpose of God that prevails. I want a prevailing purpose. Amen. Don't you want a prevailing life? Would you like to have a prevailing life. You cannot control the storms that come at you. You cannot control the disappointments. You cannot be, control the betrayals. Isn't that right, Christy? You can't, you cannot, you can do the best planning. You can lay out your program, your best plan, but you just don't know what's coming at you tomorrow or next week because you can't control the people that you're interacting with. And so those plans no matter how wonderful we've made them, and no matter how perfect they may be, they're not guaranteed to succeed. But God's purpose will prevail. That's what Psalm 91 says. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose is what prevails. 
God's great gift of mankind isn't a perfect plan, but prevailing purposes, the prevailing purpose of his kingdom. That's God's greatest gift to you and I, is the kingdom purpose. You know, no plan can survive the world's misguided purposes of pride, wealth, and the accumulation of power. But human history is a vast graveyard of perfect plans that died for a lack of God's prevailing purpose. Great plans, they took off, but like skyrockets, they fizzle out and they eventually fall to earth. No plan can survive the absence of God's prevailing purpose, his kingdom purpose. But you know what? God's prevailing purpose, the purpose of his kingdom, can succeed with pathetic plans. Many of you are living testimonies. I don't mean to insult anybody. I am probably one of the greatest living testimonies of a bad plan that is prevailing because of God's kingdom purpose. Running at Goliath with a sling, a poor plan. A poor plan that prevailed because it was standing on the purpose of the kingdom of God. Hey, surrounding 100,000 soldiers that have invaded your nation with 300 shouting men armed with flashlights, not a perfect plan. Not a perfect plan. But guess what? It succeeded because of the prevailing purpose of the kingdom of God through Gideon and those 300 men. Hey, challenging an emperor with a stick and demanding that he turn over his slaves, not the best plan. But did it prevail? You're darn right it prevailed. It prevailed because that plan was being executed by a man that was walking in kingdom purpose. And you could just see this play out throughout the scriptures. And I'll bet if you look at your own life and you think about this, you'll stop getting depressed over your half-baked plan. You might be in a job. You might think, how am I going to get to there from where I'm at? This path forward does not look good. But let me tell you something. God specializes in taking his ambassadors and putting them where he appoints them. You don't get there because you have a great plan. You get there because God puts you there. And when you walk in kingdom authority, when you're willing to live as an ambassador of Christ, look out, you're about to have an exciting life. Your life lived as an ambassador of Christ's kingdom might be a poor plan in the eyes of the world. Your mother might think you are not operating with a good plan. Your friends, your co-workers might think not a good plan. I wish I had the time to give the story. When I was living here in Clearwater, you think, oh, there he goes. He's, I thought he said he wasn't going to give us the story. <laughs> I, just, I just drop a, a quick thing. I was, I was working in the trades, in the building trades, 1970 uh, uh, in, this, in this area, in this community. And uh, I was the low man on the totem pole. Uh, and uh, I remember telling... I remember telling my boss, um, who I had a great deal of respect for him. He was a retired, he, well, he was a separated Marine, 
So I liked the guy already. I liked him. And he was the no-nonsense guy. And so I knew how he was going to take this when I walked into his office. And I said, I'm, I'm putting in my notice. I'm leaving. He said, what are you, going to work for someone else? I said, no, I'm going to plant a church up north. And he just looked at me, and he just thought, bad plan. I've seen you work. So, you know, I ran into, I ran into everything from my family to my friends to my boss to people who said, you're out of your mind. All right, you know, what are you doing? But I'd heard from God, and I'd gotten my assignment, and I knew what God was telling me to do. And I was operating in kingdom purpose, so it didn't matter how bad the plan was. Matter of fact, I think that the Lord sits on his throne and goes, I can't wait to see this unfold. He loves putting us in stupid positions and giving us like little toy guns and, you know, a little bit of spare change to start a great enterprise. He loves doing things like that. That's the life of an ambassador. So your life as an ambassador of Christ's kingdom might be a poor plan, but in the eyes of the world, it's a poor plan. But it's your poor plan, hallelujah, that's going to succeed because you're standing on the prevailing purpose of his kingdom if you're an ambassador of Christ, right? Close your Bible or turn off your device or whatever you need to do and stand with me this morning.